you can you can actually go into the future, grab it, and bring it back. Right? You can go. Yeah, you can. Right? Oh my gosh. Just, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm I'm giving this is science. I invented nightcap in a dream. This is the In Your Dreams podcast. Thank you so much for coming to In Your Dreams. Today I have with me Alan Clary, an entrepreneur and author based in Tampa, Florida. Alan spent 20 years working for other people and climbing the corporate ladder. Eventually, Alan rose to COO and then CEO. Along the way, Alan has experienced feelings of unfulfillment and unhappiness until he discovered his true gift, helping others believe in themselves and gain the knowledge to achieve their dreams of self-determination and impact. Alan is a founder of the Tampa Bay Wave nonprofit startup accelerator, one of the largest in America, and is an advisor to many startup companies. Alan is also an author of the book Quit to Start, which teaches us about how we gain the confidence to plan our escape out of the corporate world. <laughs> Today is very cool for me to have you on here because when I was introduced to you, I was a freshman at UT, and you came to the Entrepreneurship Club and talked. And I remember sitting there um, feeling super inspired. And today is full circle because I spoke at the same club yesterday. Wow. So tell us about you and, yeah. and what you're doing now and, and a little bit about how you got here. Yeah, so, so Shira, this is awesome. Um, and, you know, we dug up those pictures this morning uh, from a few years back when I yeah. came and I spoke and you were there and we had masks on, remember? We did. And I, uh, today, like, I feel like um, we met... F- kind of for the first time without masks. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. And uh, it was really neat uh, to, to meet you then because I think you'd just been on uh, the show. I think you'd just been on the Shark Tank show um, yeah. prior. Yep. Um, just prior. And so it was kind of neat that um, that you were there. And, uh, and yeah, I was uh, mostly at that time, I just put out my book, my first book, Quit to Start, in uh, early 2020, right? Literally February 2020 when the pandemic was hitting. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I mentioned to you earlier, uh, the the word quit. I had quit in the title and, and I had a lot of folks, friends and family try to dissuade me from that word because it was so negative. And I'm, first of all, entrepreneurs never quit. You know, that's the thing. But this was about quitting a job mm-hmm. <laughs> so you could be an entrepreneur. And, 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 and then when the pandemic hit, you may remember everybody was kind of freaked out about losing their job for a couple of few months. It was, um, it was scary to like, um, people were worried about like the economy and was going to happen and people were holding on to their jobs dear life in fact my first blog post in march of, of 2020 was did i write uh, the right book at the wrong time and then just a few months later the great resignation started you may i mean like and, and all of a sudden my book quit to start the word quit was fine and, and it was a whole thing so uh, that was a real interesting year but i i, I spoke um to your to your group uh, just um, I think it was early 2021 so it was just mid pandemic and um, and I just was that day I was talking about these concepts that I believe strongly in which is anybody that is determined um, can can like you know fulfill their 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 dreams and their ambitions anybody that's determined I, I I just use the word determination because I don't believe that entrepreneurs are any smarter than other people. I don't believe that they're more talented than other people. Something you and I talked about earlier, just about how there's a lot of misconceptions around entrepreneurs and that right. maybe they're smarter and, and um, 
better. But what you really find when you get to know as many successful entrepreneurs as I do and now you do, mm-hmm. you see that the determination is really the key, mm-hmm. right? That persistent determination. Yep. So that's really what I speak the most on. Yeah, and I think it's it's a lot. It's present in your book for sure and um, how you were in the 9 to 5 world. Yeah. Which... For me, I can't exactly relate to because I'm 20. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't have like you this. You skipped the whole thing. <laughs> I skipped some chapters. I mean, yeah. I, I worked, you know, like the co- a couple jobs before I started Nightcap, but yeah. I was never able to actually get into that routine. I never really wanted to, and I saw my parents do it, so I yeah. always knew that I wanted yeah. to go a different route. Yeah. But I see my friends now that are, you know, 25, 26, 27 in the 9 to 5 world, and when I talk to them and they're so unhappy about their jobs, it makes me upset. I think that showing people you and how you escaped the nine to five world, even yeah. though it wasn't easy, yeah. it's still possible. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the big disclaimer I like to put out when I talk about this topic is that a great job is a great job and a great boss is a great boss. And if you're out there and you're lucky to have a great job and a great boss, and, you know, it's all relative. There's no perfect job or perfect boss. But um, if you're lucky to have um, that and, and you're not necessarily wired to um, be a big risk taker or a big independent um, person, um, we should never make people feel um, less than because they prefer to be in a job and work for others. There's a lot of benefits. Man, a regular paycheck is great, by the way, especially if it's a nice, good size paycheck. You know, vacation time is great. Being able to turn off the work and enjoy your family time or your personal time and so many good upsides and benefits to, to working for other people, especially if the culture's good, the boss is good, and the pay is good, right? And if you don't have that itch to be independent, see, there's, there's like, always, I tell my students at the University of South Florida that, that, um, that, uh, that it's kind of in you. You kind of know if it's in you. You kind of have this, uh, um, this uh, kind of um, un, this angst and unfulfillment. So I just like to say that it depends on what your vision for yourself is, mm-hmm. really, right? And right. that's what you should listen to and, and pursue. And if your vision for yourself is in, in, a, in a working for others in a, in a job, that's great. If your vision for yourself is to do something maybe more impactful in the world or bigger risk and do something bigger, then, then go do that, mm-hmm. you know? It's true. And I also have friends who, you know, you, maybe you are working a nine-to-five and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but just seeing or telling yourself, you know, whatever that job is that you're doing, in some way, shape, or form, you're helping someone else. So, like, my friend will come home, and she's like, I had a horrible day at work. Yeah. But I'm like, you know, like, whatever you did, like, it's helping someone else, and that always makes her feel better. Yeah. Because um, I guess when you're an entrepreneur, it's easier to see that. Yeah, and when, right. when you're working a nine to five, um, you are working for someone else, but you it, like what you're doing, it goes a long way. Correct. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. And, and again, it's um, you and I know how hard it is um, kind of uh, on your own or trying to make it in the world of entrepreneurship, either in the, at a solo at a solo level or even with a small team. And, you know, all of the, the quiet, hard times in the in the. Um, insecurities and the self-doubt and the, all the stuff, right? You, you've been through some of this now, even at, at your at your young age. Um, and that doesn't get shown to the world. You know, that's not on our Instagram. That's not on our uh, TikTok. That's not on our, on our, on our, on our social media. Um, that kind of, and, and, and not that it should be right, but it's, but uh, it's real. So 
it's great, to, I think, to put to be able to send a positive message to to, to friends that are that are in jobs um, that you know have a bad day or so forth. That you know that it's um, it doesn't mean that you know that you shouldn't be there, right? right. And and they sh- and they know themselves. If, is it the job? The is it the job or the because changing the job, changing the company could be the answer mm-hmm. if if that's who they are. Or do you really want to be, um, do you really want to take the leap? Do you really, are you really, um, are you unhappy because you really feel like you should be out um, taking all the risk and all the um, struggle that goes with being an entrepreneur? So, you know, to your point, uh, I, I agree that, um, that we should encourage people in whatever they're doing. And if they need to make a change, let's, let's support that too. Yeah, and what you said about, how there's like hardships and everything with entrepreneurship, but yeah. you may not see it. Yeah. I think that everything on social media now is such a highlight reel. Yeah, yeah. And I think that eventually at some point we're going to have to go into switching it up and it not yeah. being a highlight reel and kind of everyone showing themselves like on their worst days. Yeah. Because I would rather buy from a company where I know what the founder's doing and I know what she's struggling with rather than how amazing her life is. So I, I really think that, yeah. honestly, like showing your struggles and obstacles is better than anything else because it's, yeah. it's more relatable in the end. I wonder when that's going to happen. I, I wonder if that's going to happen. I wonder if there's a tipping point ahead of us. Um, you know how history works. You don't, until it happens, you, know, you look back, there's these changes. And to your point, I wonder if it's going to happen. I wonder if somebody's going to lead the way. You know, it would probably need to be some kind of a movement or somebody who's already very uh, successful to kind of lead the way or some kind of movement, you know, music changes every 10 years and, you know, everything changes. So will, will that happen to social media? I hope so. I feel like it has to, (laughs) you know, because we're all tired of this. this It's so tiring and it, it it doesn't help. I mean, there's so many like filters and everything and, and what, what is selling, what is selling you on the perfection of everything? I mean, People are going to start to really understand this and it doesn't, it just becomes so unattainable and unrealistic. Yeah. Whatever audience you're talking to, like they can see through the bullshit. Correct. <laughs> yeah, they can. Yeah. And you know, I had, and you, you asked about being in a job. So yeah, I did um, uh, work at that for a long time and uh, you know, I didn't come from money, so to speak. And, mm-hmm. um, and I had a young family and um, got, Married in my early 20s and had my daughter uh, at 27. And um, I was the primary earner of the family. Um, my, my wife really loved, enjoyed being um, a mom and, a, and, 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 and being a homemaker. That's her thing. She really wanted to do that. And she's been able to do that. And she actually keeps, she has her hands full keeping uh, track of me and yeah. my daughter. It's a, a lot. Okay. Yeah. And so right. she just loves it. And so throughout my career, um, I loved having it on my shoulders. It was, I, she was getting to do what she wanted to do, and I was getting to do what I wanted to do because I, I like the pressure. I like it on my shoulders. Even as an entrepreneur, you just, something about that. I, I just, I like being um, kind of um, on the hook to make it happen mm-hmm. because just kind of wired that way. So, yeah, I had to, I had to be in a job to provide and to move forward. And, and you know, it's funny, my, this is a little preview of my, kind of my next book is, is around most entrepreneurs, for the most part, I found in my research, are accidental entrepreneurs. I don't know if this is completely true to you. Kind of it is. I know a little bit of your story. It Definitely kind of is. is. It is. It is. Wow. That's the way <laughs> I think about it. It kind of is true for you. But, <laughs> but it's even more 
interesting for people that have been like in a job or a career for a long time, let's say five, 10 years or 15, um, they um, usually circumstances push them to it. And, that, and that's what happened with me as well. And so it's, it's, it's kind of more drives home the point that anybody can do it because if, if all, if, if all, if most entrepreneurs or successful entrepreneurs got there accidentally, imagine if some, if people, the smart people try to do it on purpose, imagine if it was, you try to do it on purpose. That just is almost proof in the pudding that, uh, that, that anybody can do it because the ones who pulled it off actually got there by accident. Didn't even really want to be there. In fact, that's kind of what I wanted to say about being in a job is, um, you know, you know, I kind of didn't necessarily want to to leave. I would have never left my job if it wasn't either so frustrating, like um, got to a, either an unbearable point. Sometimes I would I talk about it in my book. I would rise to the entrepreneurial ceiling where I would I would get I would rise to a level of leadership in that company that I was in. Yes, can we talk? Yeah, more I about rose. That? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I rose to a level of leadership that the. Um, the pressure would be so high, but then the, the one rung above me would be, uh, the owner or the boss, whatever, um, was not really in alignment with my values or how I wanted to do things or what I thought was the right thing. So here I was kind of quote in charge, but I kind of had to do it the way, this is a funny saying, the way the man wanted me to do it, so to speak, or, you know, or the, or the woman, right? So, um, that got to me. So I had, but I had golden handcuffs, right? So I'd be making six figures. I'd be kind of the, quote, kind of the manager, the boss, whatever. But I had somebody that above me that really was calling the shots. The big important things I had to kind of, there's nothing worse than going down to your team and having to implement uh, a policy or, or, or a project or, or, or do something like, you know, let somebody go or kill a project or, or make a big decision that you don't believe in and you wouldn't have done, they look to you, your folks look to you. So when you have to do something inauthentic like that, and you can't really blame, you can't throw your boss in the bus. So you, it just, it's so pressurized. I went through a few of those, and those are the kind of things that pushed me out of, out of corporate. Is that I would rise to the, I call it the entrepreneurial ceiling, like you rise to that level of leadership that, that kind of kills, kills you. Yeah, how, do you, yeah. how would you define the entrepreneurial ceiling for someone yeah. who doesn't no. Yeah, it's it's kind of like that. I would describe is that you know you think when you're when you're in your when you're when you're younger and you, you get your job and you're imagining getting a promotion and you get to be a team leader. If if you care about leadership and most people, that's where they usually pay you more, which is kind of funny, right? That you, you you get you can only get you can only make money more money by being promoted uh, to more and more leadership. But not everybody really should be a leader. We're not all good at leaders, but that's the only way to make more money. So of course, who, who out there doesn't want to make more money? That's just, and when you're in, and so, so you're in this, this machine, the system where you're, you're having to kind of like figure out how to get promotions and more, more money, more promotions inside of an organization. And you get more and more leadership uh, role. And then you start running more and more into the problem I just described yes. where your values and your integrity becomes somewhat at odds with upper upper management or or forces or even forces out of your control and then you hit that wall because as an entrepreneur you want to start you want to as you get that kind of leadership and all these people you you start getting excited you start wanting to do things the way you would do it if it were your company Mm -hmm. you just that's the entrepreneurial uh, mindset Mm -hmm. your company you know you can be up here and Mm -hmm. someone's above you so obviously you're you're creating that you're helping someone else achieve their goals 
And oh, yeah. that can be frustrating as oh, well. Yeah. That used to get me a lot because I cared, I cared a lot about people, my people. I care about people. I'm a, high, I'm a high empathy person for sure. And it would, it would rip me apart when people that worked quote for me, I couldn't take care of them or even protect them in some situations from dynamics that were there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I couldn't do so. That's the entrepreneurial ceiling. I find it is if you have an entrepreneurial mindset, if you have the entrepreneurial kind of DNA wiring, um, there's a level of leadership uh, that you can be promoted and rise to in an organization. You, you become completely conflicted because there's the kind of leader that's made for corporate, which I would argue is not an entrepreneurial leader type, even though they would try to argue that. Um, the misery, the misery uh, factor quotient just climbs and climbs for the entrepreneurial mindset because, again, you're, you get to a level where you want to do things the way you want to do them. Mm-hmm. And you think they're right, and you can't. And mm-hmm. it's just... Really tough. There, but there you are with six figures, a six-figure salary. And maybe you've got, you know, a family. Maybe you've got a bigger mortgage. You've got all these things that now you're kind of you're, uh, you're, you're kind of trapped. Mm-hmm. And then there's a break. For me, then, then there's like this, like this uh, break. Mm-hmm. You, know, you kind of snap, which yeah. I've done like twice. So when someone, <laughs> so when someone comes yeah. to that point of snapping, yeah. what, do you, what would you recommend for someone who's literally at their breaking point? Yeah. Um, they're, yeah. at the, they're at the entrepreneurial ceiling. Yes. So don't do what I did. Okay. And don't and don't do what your emotions are driving you to do. Um, even I, would, I, talk, I talk about beware of triggers. Like beware that you're literally on the knife's edge. You're you're one moment away from just quitting or walking. Right. I named my book "Quit to Start" on purpose to get people's attention. This is before quitting was cool. Right. Um, but um, but the book is about not quitting um, poorly, not quitting badly. You know. And so to answer your question is to take a deep breath, um, have a big heart-to-heart with your spouse, your partner, or whoever, you know, uh, your coach or guy, whoever's in, in your life that helps you with big decisions and is, a, is someone you trust, that you're going to make a change. Um, and then recognize that you might need about 12 months or more. You might need 18, 12 to 18 months to actually make the change. Mm-hmm. And so you need to take a deep breath, figure out how to stay in this job, keep that six figures going, whatever. Keep your cool once you make that decision, you can put everything in perspective. A lot of the stuff kind of roll off your back, but then you can get working on your plan. Not only do not get try to control your emotions about making your break and, ma- and making your your leap, but also try to control your emotions around the the idea or the business that you choose because um, things aren't always what they appear. Some business quote businesses that, that maybe are more aligned with your passion may not be as commercially viable as you might would like to imagine, and and sometimes we find people that. Um, make the leap to start a business that just because it's something they're excited and emotional about, mm-hmm. but they haven't made, maybe a haven't done their homework enough so that there's more likelihood of struggle or failure. But also what I've seen sometimes is if they don't um, really understand the game, they can uh, end up um, co- kind of commingling their love and their passion with uh, a business. And, and then when that business struggles and they get pulled into the struggle, they can end up hating the thing they loved that they once loved. That could be music, that could be food, that could be, you know, photography, that could be used a lot of those things. And so it's worth really taking that 12, 18 months, whatever, to really understand how, how successful people became successful. And what were the real X's and O's, the real mechanics in that, so that you can, you can like set yourself up for success. And I just gave the, the talk last night about, you know, sometimes, um, Following your passion isn't always the best advice. Sometimes being passionate about what you do is great advice because you have to need that to be successful. 
sometimes you might want to protect your passion. If it's music, food, and, and other, or yoga, or whatever it might be, so that you can um, come back and do those with with freedom and enjoy those things. You know, something cool like you know, like nightcap. I mean, there's an idea that you could be in a job and and you can now, while you're in the security of a job, nights and weekends and otherwise, start working on your plan the way Sarah Blakely did with with uh, Spanx. Right? Love she her. she stayed in she stayed in her job a long time, yeah. even as it was taking that product was doing really well. It wasn't until Oprah Winfrey called that she finally left that job. Right? So it's funny you bring up Sarah yeah. Blakely. This is so off top, yeah. so off topic. Uh, in the beginning of Nightcap, you yeah. know, her product, my product, they were both made out of pantyhose. <laughs> the prototypes were both made out of pantyhose. Um, yeah. She, her like motto in her yeah. Instagram and everything is, I never leave my scrunchie behind. I believe it's my calling to women's empowerment. <laughs> and when I saw that, I was like, oh you my God. You became obsessed. Yeah, I became obsessed. No, yeah. she's, she's really, I mean, awesome. And she was on Shark Tank as well. So there were a lot of dots that were connected. She also went to FSU. So did my brother. Yeah. There were just she's a lot from, of things. She's from this area and you were. In yes, Tampa too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just Unbelievable. Like a bunch of things that were lined up together. But it's funny that you say all of this to create a plan and everything because I was doing my homework when this was going on. I was in high school. What you say what you yes. said before, how it it was an accident. Like Oh yeah. I mean, this happened when I was sixteen. So I could have thought of the idea and just kept on going to school. Correct. Just let it go. And you but apparently you had really cool parents too. I had some cool parents. <laughs> you had great parents, right? You yeah. Did. So, yeah. I mean, my, they were supportive. They're right? very supportive. Yeah. yeah. Really cool. And also, what do you have to lose when you're in yeah. high school? You've, you've got a product that I think what scores always high on my scale, I've got a whole chart for this, is physical products because they have the opportunity to be scalable. You can, you can make millions of them while you sleep, you can sell millions of them while you sleep. Mm-hmm. And that's not true for everything. Mm-hmm. And you can literally keep some detachment from a business perspective. So you're, you're kind of, you did well and you probably didn't know, but you didn't know that when you got, it. you just got the idea, you got passionate and excited about it. You did it. But so in a way you, you kind of were it was fortunate. Some, some folks, uh, they, uh, they, they get passionate about the wrong thing. And so I try to help with that as well. So what are you, what are you looking for in like, you know, the young entrepreneurs that come to you and, and want guidance, um, in their businesses, the, particularly the ones in like the accelerator at UT or USF, like what, what do you, are you looking at the entrepreneur or the business? Yeah. Um, in, in reality, the honest answer is both for sure. Yeah. You know, you know, sometimes people say bet on the, you know, the jockey, not the horse. And the, there's a lot of belief that early on the, the product or service matters less and the entrepreneur matters more. There's, that's some, there's definitely some truth to that. But it really does, they really do both matter because even if the entrepreneur is the, is the, is the, the real driving winning factor early. Well, if the if the product or service is not um, g- correct, then they're ultimately on a, a wonderful path to struggle, mm-hmm. which I wouldn't want for them. And so I think I really do think it's both. So I think um, you know, from an entrepreneur perspective, are they are they determined, adequately humble, and are they willing to you know face facts about about things about their product, service, and the world around them, right? Um, but then they have to have a healthy dose of delusion too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> a healthy dose of delusion too. Can you talk more? Oh, uh, oh yeah. I, I don't, I'll give you my fast. I, yeah. I say this all the time. You know, if entrepreneur, if uh, I don't know how an entrepreneur, I don't, I've never, I don't know that you can be a very, uh, an outsized successful entrepreneur. If you aren't, if you don't have a, a certain amount of delusion, delusion, meaning that you just believe something, whether you 
others believe it or not, and you and you see things differently. And even when things aren't looking good, or even when things people aren't seeing it, you're seeing it, and you just have this undying belief in not only yourself, but like the way this is going to go and the way this is going to come out. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's it's it's. I need to tell you about a product that I am extremely passionate about, and it could literally save your life. This is the Invisiwear jewelry. They have necklaces, they have bracelets, fit bands, scrunchies. All of these products can also alert five people of your location and authorities and let them know that you need help. My good friend Raja is the CEO and co-founder of Invisiwear. She started the company after a scary incident when a car full of men followed her and verbally assaulted her until one of the men stepped out of the vehicle and pursued her on foot. Luckily, Raja was able to run and get in her car unharmed. The experience inspired her to create fashion jewelry that doubles as a safety device to protect her loved ones in a stylish and discreet way. Invisiwear also offers premium features that include 24-7 access to activity tracking, chat, video call, and voice activation with a live ADT agent. When I was traveling in California by myself, this was something that was extremely amazing to have. I personally love the Starburst Charm Necklace with Crystal Pendant. It's gold and I always wear gold. Invisiwear offers so many more products that you will get to choose from when you go to their website, invisiwear.com and use code nightcap at checkout. You know, it's very, it's dangerous, yeah. but it, but if you, I feel like the best way to do it is can you walk that line? Can you, but well, right? You know what else is dangerous is yeah. not being delusional yeah, yeah. And, and having such a structure yeah. and when it doesn't go exactly that yes. way, I mean, that's just, that's. Or too wishy-washy too. So we founders can't be too wishy-washy. Like, you can't be like a, you can't blow in the wind with with everybody's opinion. Like I, I often oh. say, like um, you know, they're you know sometimes founders are over over mentored and underfunded, right? Especially uh, women founders. That's one that I, I actually uh, one of my favorite founders. She said that to me. I never forget it. She said that you know, especially female founders were over mentored and underfunded. And I think generally founders can be that way. But I, I think you have to you have to be you have to have a strong vision for what you're going and what you're doing, and take and take slight nudges one way or the other. But but you shouldn't. Uh, I think it's a big problem if you're easily swayed as a as a founder. And onto, and by the way, investors investors are not always the best source of mentoring and coaching. Right? They they're great at writing checks and be, and believing in you, but their job is to believe in you and, and and to adopt your vision, not to change your vision. Right? Not in a dramatic way. And and you taking criticism that you're not taking feedback or you're not taking. I call BS on that usually, almost always. Right. Um, all the greatest music in the world was written by hard-headed music. All the greatest products in the world, all the greatest companies in the world, all the all the best stuff in the world is, was made by really pretty determined, hard-headed, you know, delusional, visionary people that you know stuck by their guns and stuck to what they what they could see and what they believed in, mm-hmm. and took it took the right amount of coaching around the edges and, and kind of helped get guidance, but never like gave up the the real vision, the core of what they were doing. And that's something that I, um, I, I believe in strongly, and I try to encourage young people um, to, to, to hold that and believe in themselves and stick with it. Yeah, it's funny that you talk about delusion because I <laughs> don't know if you're on social media or not, but I mean, there's this whole thing right now going on with like being delusional. Yeah, and is there really? I really okay. think it's like a life-changing wow. like, characteristic, yeah. delusion, because being delusional, like it basically is the law of attraction. And 
like you could take anything. And if you just think, um, why wouldn't this happen? Why wouldn't it work out for me? So it just opens the door to a lot of possibilities. In my in class last night, I actually asked the room. This is so funny. We're talking about this. I asked the room. I said, "Who in the room has the basic mindset and the basic makeup that you just believe that it's that you're you're right? I hate to say it that way, but that you're right about things and that things are going to work in your way, and you basically see things the right way, and that you believe things are going to go go well. Raise your hand, and uh, and and that's just kind of who you are. And I, the hands that went up was about what I predicted. It was about, you know, about 20% of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, and I, I literally said that. I said, well, congratulations. You're probably you know, one step closer to being a successful <laughs> so entrepreneur. But, you, but it's a dangerous place to be because you can tip into narcissism. You can tip into yeah. a very unhealthy, yeah. uh, self-absorbed. Per, you can, it's, it's so it's the self-aware. I think the best mix is can you be a self-aware, mm-hmm. a benevolent, good person mm-hmm. that also is delusional, does no harm and it just stays very focused on like an outcome but is good to people and good and and is and is Mm self-aware that's i think that's the magic so true and do you think there's something i mean do you think it's like nature or yeah you think what what shapes someone into to thinking that because honestly i think i was born that way born that way too yeah yeah uh, I think yes. Yeah, yeah, not not saying that I think I'm right all the time, no. but I do. I've always had this feeling like, why wouldn't it work yeah. out? You see it, and it, last night, so time the timing of this talk today. I can't <laughs> wait for my students to to hear this. Yeah, because um, it was wasn't even on purpose last night. When we were talking, but right. it was I, I, you know, this idea of vision mm-hmm. um, that people, you know, that's what kind of separates from the animal you know, animal kingdom. And that's what separates a, a lot of that's what humans from other. We can see things, therefore we can we can do them mm-hmm. and some of us have some of us had stronger vision than others and some of us more more importantly um believe we can make the vision happen more than others right some of us can see it but then we talk ourselves out of it or we see it and go oh, not me we see it and go that wouldn't work because whatever and then some of us are just kind of born to like don't um, don't see don't imagine then they just we just don't see the negative reasons it won't happen or we do we just imagine ourselves overcoming them and that's right. just, I think you are born. I honestly, I do think, I know I was born that way. You said you're, and it's not, it's not, it's not like the coolest kid thing. It's just like, it's, it's also gets me in a lot of trouble. Just be real. There's <laughs> this, this thinking as good as it is can get you into a lot of trouble. I get myself upside down, overstretched in bad positions all the time, even to this day because of this. Right. But um, I also think it's not a hundred percent all the time. So yeah. You know, we could say that both of us were born this way, but it's not like every day we wake up and we're like, oh, we're going to win today. No, no, so, no, uh, no. Can we talk about this? Because yeah. I think it's just the opposite. Um, there's been studies, you know, that show that, that the correlation of depression, um, which I've suffered from on and off my whole life. The only thing that helped me with depression is I got older. <laughs> For people out there, I tell people that I, my friends, I, I said, you um, that if you suffer from depression, it's like something I suffer from more in my 20s and 30s. I don't know why it kind of dissipated, but it dissipated like there's like something in nature that kind of like said, okay, he can, let's let him have some peace now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When I got it, when I got into my, <laughs> had to get into my like 40s and right. all of a sudden, you know, and I was like, oh Ugh. God, finally my, yeah. my mind will calm down, you know. But, um, but I do think that, that it's just, you're right. It's, um, it's, it's like I, I use the word affliction a lot of times. I, I say, you know, entrepreneurs have an affliction. Like it's a, uh, your brains are, are, you know, your self-talk is more intense, and there, there's a lot of negativity to the, the depression. Anxiety correlates higher. Um, you know, famously Abraham Lincoln suffered from you know depression and melancholy and stuff. People who do big, great things almost always have this. So 
it's not always, but there's like a there's a penalty and price to this this person. And and plus, when you're out there trying to make things happen, you know, you 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 uh, you kind of just have yourself at the end of the day, and it's it's um, it's it's real. And I've struggled with it my whole life, and I've just kind of like said, okay, well, this is this is the price. You know, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, so. and um, I think there's also the other side of it where there's people who wake up and they can't get out of bed and mm-hmm. and obviously you know there's yeah i, yeah. I, I don't there's some clinical go, stuff there's some really bad stuff yeah yeah too much into like depression and all that because you yeah. know i'm not a doctor but i know that those people who have the negative self-talk like there mm-hmm. there is a way to change it and that can come within you well sometimes the reason why um you know when we talked about this optimism like that you think you can do more than you in so you constantly, so you we're constantly kind of failing a lot because we can never quite do the stuff that we're visioning. Like you know, even like this podcast. You know, if I were doing podcasts, I have I'm a bit of a perfectionist, right? So every and so at the end of it, I'll be like kicking myself that I didn't say this or that and talk about it. And so, um, like it's uh, you know, it's kind of a um, it's just something that kind of comes, I think, with the territory, right? So it's like uh, people. So people that have don't have that. Um, that that kind of that that mindset, part of it is they're protecting themselves from from negativity and depression. So if you don't dream big, if you don't think big, if you don't imagine doing big things, and you don't put yourself emotionally uh, invested in that, then you don't really ever fail, and you don't ever have to. Um, you're never like uh, struggling. Fa- you're never overextended. Yeah. And I've got you. You probably have friends and family like this that 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 kind of get uncomfortable around you know, entrepreneurial types because we're pushing the envelope and we're and they're like, you know, and, 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 and they've a lot of times trained them as a, out of self-preservation to not do that. And you and I'm saying you and me at the moment, we don't, we can't, we're not, we're not self-preservers in a way. Most entrepreneurs aren't. They're just like always pushing and taking risks. Right. And like, we, this can, we can do this, this can happen. Right. But if, if you're that way, you're going to, your, your failure rate's going to be high. Right. But I, I feel like I've experienced like, I mean, doing the whole, like this whole thing, but in a different mindset. But I, I've transitioned into like the whole affirmation thing and like honestly positive thinking. Like it really changes yes. your life. I know myself, and I know that if I'm not able to do something, it's because I know, like I'm telling myself that I'm not, I can't do it. Correct. So if I just yeah. tell myself the opposite, I can make a 360 and turn that around, whether yeah. it's you know, working out or like entrepreneurship or anything. In yes, life. I have to comment on this because this is fun, fantastic you're bringing this up. I actually work, right now I'm working with a, a neuroscientist uh, performance coach um, uh, and the, the organization is called Dream Fuel. And, um, Dream. Dream Fuel, yeah. I, 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 yeah, and I'm working with them now. And how do I say, you, what you just said, you haven't, I don't think you even realize how true what you just said is and how rooted in science that is. That exactly what you said, that the, the brain doesn't really know the difference. This sounds crazy. The brain really doesn't know the difference between what's real and what you tell it. Oh, my God. It really doesn't. You just hit another but it, but point it, but in it, my it, head. But in real science, but in, like, real yes. science, like, yes. scientifically true. This has to do with, like, talking about other people as well. So your brain actually doesn't know if you're talking about someone else or yourself. I'm pretty right. You can fact check me, but Correct. I'm almost positive this is true. So when you're talking badly about other people, yeah. 
I'm, yeah, like, yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah, that yeah, your yeah. brain thinks that you're talking about yourself. Yeah, and and yeah. when you catch yourself in those times talking about other people and paying so much attention to what they're doing, it's really because you feel some way like that about yeah, yourself. It's correct. all projecting. The brain, I, I, funny enough, you know, I, they, there's two there's two big mysteries left in the world, really, if you think about it. It's, um, the ocean? We, yeah, no. Well, we've kind of been the bottom of the ocean. Really, <laughs> yeah. it's out, it's outer space in the human brain. Yeah. There's two places we have no freaking clues yet still. We, we just... I still can't, and I, and I would even argue right now, not potentially the brain is more unknown than than outer space. There's because you think about it, we you read articles and we're talking about the space is expanding, and and they they now can see galaxies and you know millions of light years. It's things that you know, it's amazing how far we look into space now, mm-hmm. but the brain is still crazy mysterious. Um, and but the neuroscience, it's I think it'll be the coolest thing over the next twenty years to to follow. But but. The unlocking the brain, but th- what you just said is this: the, our coaching that we're doing is just simply that. Is um, we actually do an exercise, um, Shira, where this is so funny. He had us. Um, it's not really meditate. It's kind of like meditation, but he had us um, des- like describe a scene, an out- a future outcome. I hope people can catch this because it really is amazing. This is based off of neuroscience. Describe a future positive outcome that you want for yourself. Like imagine yourself thinking badly about other people. Yeah, I'm yeah, like yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah, that yeah, your yeah. brain thinks that you're talking about yourself. Yeah, and and yeah. when you catch yourself in those times talking about other people and paying so much attention to what they're doing, it's really because you feel some way like that about yeah, yourself. It's correct. all projecting. The brain. I, I, funny enough, you know, I, they, there's two. There's two big mysteries left in the world. Really, if you think about it, it's um, the ocean. We, yeah, no. Well, we've kind of been the bottom of the ocean. Really, <laughs> yeah. it's out, it's outer space in the human brain. Yeah. There's two places we have no freaking clues yet. Still, we, we just uh, still can't. And I, and I would even argue right now, not potentially the brain is more unknown than than outer space. There's because you think about it, we you read articles and we're talking about the space is expanding and. And they they now can see galaxies and mil, you know millions of light years. It's things that you know, it's amazing how far we look into space now. Mm-hmm. But the brain is still crazy mysterious. Um, and but the neuroscience, it's I think it'll be the coolest thing over the next twenty years to to follow. But but the unlocking the brain. But th- what you just said is this: the, our coaching that we're doing is just simply that. Is um, we actually do an exercise, um, Shira, where this is so funny. He had us. Um, it's not really meditation. It's kind of like meditation, but he had us um, dis- like describe a scene, an out- a future outcome. I hope people can catch this because it really is amazing. This is based off of neuroscience. You describe a future positive outcome that you want for yourself. Like imagine yourself, you know, um, you know, getting some word that you always dreamed of, or maybe financially some outcome, or just some really cool thing, or. Sarah, Sarah Blakely uh, invites you to her yacht to, uh, you know, uh, hang out with all of her girlfriends for a week, okay, you know, uh, which she has, right? Has, uh, that. So, and then, and then he says, we spent an hour, we spent an hour, kind of eyes closed mainly, just describing that day, and in detail, and he, it was, this is guided with, 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 this, with this coach, I did this, um, and several of my friends did this, um, and describe it in detail, and, and he said that the emotion, and, and, and describe especially all the, anything that had emotion attached to it, because the brain gets rewired when there's emotion attached to it. So when we were, descri- I was being on that boat with the yacht, and I was hanging, who was I talking to, what were we talking about, why was I there, what, that, what happened to get me there on Sarah's boat, blah, 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 blah. And, and, then, and then he was like, he would drill and go, well, what are you feeling, what are you smelling, and, you know, the air, and the, the, the salt in the air, and he just was making us describe the like the senses, anything that involves senses yes. or motion, because he said 
that they've proven that that's the only thing that really, really yeah. changes the brain. Yeah. So, so then he said, now guess what? The probability of you now being on that boat with Sarah one day is like dramatically different. Your brain actually thinks you were there and thinks that you're going to end up being there. Yep. The next generation of entrepreneurs, if they can really pay, get pay attention to this, um, can can do so much more than than we could. I mean, uh, th this power is completely unlocked and not used. Yeah, and I think I mean the more you're writing down and the more you feel it. I think that feeling it is the highest level of that. Yes. And um, I guess the more I've been like doing these affirmations and and like telling myself that I can do X, Y, and Z, like it just gets me closer to being able to manifest so much easier. And I don't even try to do these things anymore. I'm just writing down yeah. names and it's just getting me there. And it's like almost so powerful that I'm like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. So it's scary, right? It's really cool. Yeah. And um, obviously, I mean, I don't think that we could have gone on Shark Tank unless that was installed in my oh. brain as a little child, which it was. You saw it. You said, I got to do that. I said, that's not impossible. I can do that. <laughs> and we did. So. And I want to reiterate. <laughs> crazy. I, I love this. I just want to reiterate that. That's the difference. Like you decide, uh, am I someone who, who sees that and go, I couldn't do, I could never do that. Right. Because that protects you. Right. Or because once you say, I'm going to do that and you tell a few people now, if you don't, so that's such an important moment to be willing to be someone to kind of say, I see it, I'm going to do it. So I think it's like, it's extremely important to just like never look at anything as impossible. And it, as yeah. cliche as it sounds, when I was younger, people mm. would be like, they would say this quote, it's like, impossible, break it apart. It means I'm, or it says I'm possible. So I followed that. And when yeah. I, my brother and I would watch Shark Tank as little kids yeah. and I would watch the show and I would think, I'm going to do that one day. And I remember thinking those thoughts. Why don't they show us as we're growing up positive thinking? Because that's truly what mm. got us here. It's so true. I, I do, I'm optimistic that, that this stuff was going to get into curriculums and learning um, in the next generations. It's, mm. it's a slow process. It's hard for people to trust or believe it until science says it's true. And then there's a lot of people may not even trust science. But I think that uh, it's, it is the next iteration for mankind. Mm. You know, even mankind and ma womankind, it's uh, is this 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 right here, the the power of that. I wish I I wish I had known, learned it as early as you, um, just how powerful it is, um, and that I, I think that more and more books are going to be written about this. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's also you know I think delusion also protects you. Yeah, it protects you as well. It as, does yeah. As um as you said. Not uh, being delusional protects I, you. Yeah, yeah, can I yeah. give you two other things that I'd yeah. like to talk about that are that are like some quasi-negative? And I mentioned it in our talk that day. Um, a, ma a massive, um, a massive dose of insecurity is also something I see common with all of my favorite successful entrepreneurs, either famous or non-famous. Like insecurity can drive you to things, so that's kind of a negative force. But you know, it's a it's a powerful force, um, and also what I call a healthy dose of. Um, Fear of failure, I think, is also a pretty strong, powerful force. Those are somewhat negatives, but I think I like to say those out loud because if someone out there um, is has you know, you know, has uh, insecure, feels like they're insecure and they're like and they're lacking confidence, or they have a fear of failure, like I go, guess what? You have the you're starting to develop the perfect formula for success <laughs> because those kind of things get you out of bed. They get you they get you moving. They get you overcoming things. They get you fighting through things. Right? 
Um, people don't like to talk about them. They like to focus, but I, but I, we know that they're very powerful. Um, you want to, con- you know, you don't want them to eat, consume you, but, but, but recognize fear and these kind of things and insecurities are, are fuel. They're fuel. And, and it's not just me saying that. I mean, I actually interview people, you know, um, Tiger 21 members. They've been to the top of the mountain and they, they all confirm it, mm-hmm. you know, which is why so many of them struggle to be happy. Successful entrepreneurs that make it kind of make it some struggle to be happy after they, quote, make it because they, they haven't handled some of these things along the way. Mm-hmm. So that's what's cool about what you're talking about in your generation. You guys, you know, you're figuring out how to do it in a positive way with balance and how to use the self-talk and the science to like, so when you do arrive at success, you won't be kind of a, a bundle of mess. You won't be like an unbalanced mess. And it also has to do a lot with being patient, which I'm horrible at, but I've learned to, to yeah. be better because, you know, what I'll say to myself is like, oh, this is going to happen. It's already happened. I just have to wait because I'm getting there. Yeah. But not everything's going to happen like this. I mean, it really has to do with being patient. And I think if if you try to rush it too much, it kind of messes with the timing and how yeah. it's supposed to go. So kind of like telling yourself, like, this is going to happen for me. I already know. Yeah. It's already happened. Yeah. It's just time that has to catch up. And like believing I, that. I just want to reiterate when you said about it already happened, just yeah. to go back to the this neuroscience coach that I work with that, that says back to when you imagine it, vision, envision it in detail. And then you have, and if you actually go through the extra exercise of emotion and senses, it did already happen. Mm-hmm. You being on the boat on, on Sarah's yacht already did happen. As far as your brain's concerned, right. if you go through that exercise and you really focus, like being on shark tank, it had already, it had already happened mm-hmm. in your brain. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little crazy, but it's scientifically true. So I love that you just said that again. you you can, you, can, you can actually go into the future, grab it, and bring it back. Oh, right? You can, yeah, you, you can, right? Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm giving, this is science. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't believe how good that came out of my mouth. I never used that line before. I that, was, that was awesome. That was intense.